You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Happy Thursday, everybody. The week is almost over today. A couple of Timberwolves notes off the top. Um, one on a G League player on the Wolves who had a, a feature story written uh, about him recently on Bleacher Report. So I want to talk about that. And then also Jonathan Jarks over at The Ringer wrote an entire feature piece on the Timberwolves and the, I guess, number one pick conundrum and the interesting offseason they have ahead. It was actually one of the sunnier, more rosy pictures painted of the Timberwolves situation than, than I've seen in a little while. So I want to hit the high points there. And then I want to get back into the conversation from Wednesday on the Athletics' new tier ranking system for all the players in the NBA currently. And uh, again, this is not draft related at all. This is current NBA players. Seth Partnaw, formerly an executive with the Bucks and formerly of Nylon Calculus, the fan-sided analytics site or analytics, uh, I guess, uh, analytics, analytically focused fan-sided site, did this, uh, now writes for The Athletic and did this tier system, which is effectively a, a player ranking system, but uh, far more detailed and in-depth than the typical you know, ESPN player rank or whatever other player ranking you might see before each season. So Carl Anthony Towns was ranked uh, just yesterday on Wednesday's edition as they were releasing players. So I want to talk about his ranking and then the players ranked around and above him as well. We will get back into Big Board 3.0. I know I said today we're actually going to do it on Friday. I wanted to uh, to talk about the Jarks article today from The Ringer. Um, so so more to come on Big Board 3.0. We'll, we'll get back into that with number four on the Big Board on Friday's show. All right, before we get into everything, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. That's at Lockdown T Wolves. Don't forget the T. And also a reminder that this is a daily show Monday through Friday. So if this is the first time you're listening, you can check out the start of Big Board 3.0 on Monday or Tuesday's show. Um, you could also check out on, on Wednesday's show talking about D'Angelo Russell's ranking on the athletic tiers. And uh, be sure to tune back in tomorrow and subscribe. Be back with us all of next week as well. All right, so the article that I wanted to to mention is over at Bleacher Report, and it was a feature piece done by uh, Clevis Murray at, at at Bleacher Report. It was just published today on on Thursday, and it's about Trayvon Duvall, who played last season with the Iowa Wolves. Um, he's a former top high school. He was the sixth ranked high school player in the country in 2017. The number one point guard in the country went to Duke. Didn't actually have all that great of a college career, and uh, you know the offense didn't run through him at Duke. He was there with some other talented players um, when he was at the Blue Devils. I mean, the likes of uh, on that Duke team was was the likes of uh, Grayson Allen, Wendell Carter Jr., Marvin Bagley, Gary Trent Jr., a ton of guys who are currently in the NBA and, and have had varying levels of success at the NBA level. And uh, still, after one year, Duvall declared for the draft, wasn't selected at all, and has bounced around a little bit. Was in the G League with uh, the Bucks G League team last season, or I should say the 18-19 season, played in three games at the NBA level with the Bucks, And then last year, the Iowa Wolves took him fifth overall in the Iowa, or excuse me, the G League draft. And he was basically, he was Jordan McLaughlin's backup to start the year. Of course, McLaughlin was on a two-way contract and was going to get the majority of the playing time. And then as the season wore on and, um, 
and he was and Duval became the starter when McLaughlin came to the NBA. He got more playing time. Still, it was a disappointing year. His shooting splits were only forty-seven point four percent, only twenty-one point three percent from beyond the arc for the Iowa Wolves, and averaged just under seven points, two and a half assists per game, and and wasn't terribly good. The Wolves uh, are intrigued by were intrigued by his athleticism. He's not big either. He's six two, six three, a pretty solid wingspan and athletic, but again without consistency as a shooter and with his size, he has to be impactful. You know, he has to be at least average defensively and impact winning on offense. And he hasn't been efficient enough as a pro to do that. He's still very young. Um, he's only uh, 22 years old and been playing professionally now for two years. So I'm sure he'll get another shot this upcoming season, probably not with the Iowa Wolves, but a cool feature if you want to head over to Bleacher Report and check that out. The other, uh, the other article that I wanted to talk about was that Jonathan Jark's article over at The Ringer. It, it is a, a full feature on the Timberwolves. It's called The Wolves Have Mile High Potential. What should they do at number one? And basically, he he kind of walks through the Wolves roster situation. Nothing terribly groundbreaking there that we haven't talked about extensively on the show. But he has a, a very rosy outlook on, on Towns' ability, calls him, uh, you know, he says he has as much talent as any big man in the NBA. He's unguardable in defenses, respect his teammates. He talks about the Wolves 3-0 start last season before the league just realized, hey, let's double team Towns and we don't have to guard anybody else. And uh, talks about the untapped potential that Malik Beasley might have if he is able to uh, to be, if he comes back to the Wolves next year. And and makes the comparison, and I've talked about this a couple different times on this show, Um to the Denver Nuggets. And of course, the Jokic Towns and the the Russell to Murray comparisons are are pretty clear. And, and again, you know, we've, we've talked about that in this play here on this show. Um, but but there are some real, real comparisons to be drawn. Now, the, the conclusion that I had previously come to is that the Nuggets just did a much better job, have to this point done a better job of team building, whether it be second round picks, uh, you know, really they've only signed Paul Millsap in free agency. They traded for Jeremy Grant. A lot of their of their building up their team has been done through the draft. Torrey Craig, other second round picks. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was was a little bit of a risk as a pick this last year. Um, other rotation players, Gary Harris was acquired on draft night. They've just hit on almost every first round and second round pick in the past few years and traded and signed free agents wisely. And the Timberwolves haven't done that to this point. Now, obviously, the Gerson Rosas led front office appears to be much more savvy than previous front offices in Minnesota and, um, building around Russell and towns appears to be a legitimate endeavor. There's a comparison in Jark's article where he compares Russell to Murray talks about how Murray's basically unstoppable in the pick and roll. And occasionally Denver inverts the pick and roll and has Murray screened for Jokic and allows Jokic to handle Jokic is a superior passer to towns. We know that, but towns is better offensively in almost every other way. He's a better shooter. He's more athletic. He's uh, better in the paint. He's uh, a better rebounder overall. And uh, he has a few clips of towns last year as a ball handler and um, as a, as the ball handler in the pick and roll, and also as a primary uh, uh, initiator of the offense and, and passing the ball, both out of the post and from the perimeter. Um, and then he just kind of talks through how this Russell towns can, pairing could be so good offensively that the wolves just need to be passable defensively. And if you look at the nuggets, I thought this was his best point that he made Jamal Murray and Nikola, Nikola Jokic. Neither of them are great defenders individually. In fact, they don't even really have enough, the combination of athleticism, lateral quickness and size, either of them individually to be really good defensively. But 
The Nuggets have an outstanding coach in Michael Malone. He's convinced their team to play hard defensively. They've plugged in versatile, switchable, solid defense defenders around them, whether it be the Jeremy Grants of the world or, um, you know, Gary Harris is an okay defender or, uh, you know, some of these other guys who are just kind of tougher, hard-nosed perimeter defenders that can more than hold their own. And the Wolves need to do that. And maybe it's Josh Okogie and Jarrett Culver. More likely, they need to make a couple of additions. Maybe it's somebody in this draft. Maybe it's, you know, they take somebody with the 17th pick, like a Josh Green, who we talked about on yesterday's show. Um, you know, that they, they can plug in and be that guy who's your primary wing defender and bridge that gap between Russell and Towns and, and shore up the defense. Because as um, as noted by Charks in this article, the Wolves just need to have a solid enough defense, keep the other team from scoring too much because your offense is going to score a bunch of points and, and then you become a playoff team fairly quickly. Um, so he talks a little bit about the draft and what the wolves might do, what they should do. Um, he basically admits that neither Edwards or ball is a great fit and that Edwards has some significant issues. And, and he still thinks that if the wolves can't trade the pick, it's either Edwards or ball. But really this article is just kind of a, a good snapshot at, at a view from a, a national writer who, who knows his stuff, who thinks that the wolves potential core of towns and Russell leading a group of players who play hard, are good defenders and good shooters is is going to be genuinely dangerous this year um, and, and moving forward as long as the Wolves can, from a coaching perspective and from as they continue to build the roster from that perspective, could be, could be a really, really good team. And, and I think it's a much, as I said before, a much sunnier perspective on where the Wolves sit now than what we've seen from a lot of other other folks. So head over to the ringer, read the piece. He's got some really good numbers in there, some good video, um, some good analysis on how the wolves, how towns Russell could really be something like a Jokic Murray 2.0 version um, with potentially even more offensive upside. And as long as the wolves can figure it out defensively, they're going to be really dangerous. Okay. Next, I want to talk about the athletic tier rankings where Carl Anthony towns ranks in said rankings um, here in just a moment. Before we do that, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show, and that is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, let's talk about the athletic tier rankings done by Seth Partnow over at The Athletic, of course. And I set this up a little bit. I don't want to repeat everything from the show on Wednesday, if you did listen to that one. But basically, the cliff notes are, this is a project that Seth Partnow, who used to be in the Milwaukee Bucks front office, has put together. Instead of just a traditional player ranking of you know one through 25, he took 125 players, ranked them by tier, and then sub-tiers within that. There's several factors. And uh, you can read the first article posted on Monday at The Athletic, if you do have an athletic subscription, to find out the full criteria. But 
basically takes into account age, contract, and of course, plenty of advanced metrics, as well as, uh, you know, overall, I guess, on-court impact, how t- how players affect winning. And he admits that fit with the team, um, you know, kind of really beauty in the eye of the beholder is one of the things that is a little bit of a tiebreaker in some of these tiers. And that's part of the reason why he does tiers and sub-tiers instead of straight, you know, this player is 101st and this player is 77th. Um, so I, I hit on some of the highlights of tier five on yesterday's show, as well as tier four. D'Angelo Russell was in tier four. I talked more extensively about him on yesterday's show. Other players in the in the sub-tier 4B with D'Angelo Russell include former Wolves Ricky Rubio, Zach Levine, former Brooklyn Nets teammate of D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, also former teammate Karis LeVert, um, and, and a number of up-and-coming type players who are in that tier. OG Ananobi is another notable one. Uh, 4A included some some players who are seen as as just a slight step up. Interestingly, Derek Rose is in that tier. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is a who is a, a player that kind of came out—I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but I guess really uh, emerged last year with Oklahoma City—and a lot of teams are trying to replicate the success of you know developing a guy a couple years into the league, like the Thunder have done with SGA. Um, there's also some some older role type players along with Rose. You've got Demar Derozan, Goran Dragic, Lamarcus Aldridge, all in in the four A tier. Uh, Brooke Lopez. And now we get into tier three and I'll, I'll give the definition that part now uses. He says tier three consists of players who perform at a level worthy of getting quote in the conversation for an all-star slot, but are probably just short of being all NBA third team level contributors from a statistical standpoint. This is the group that starts to produce at a level deserving of the rookie max available to players coming off their initial NBA deals and should be worth somewhere in the region of seven to nine wins per season, assuming health and normal starter minutes he divides the tier into subdivided it into three different subgroups or sub tiers with eight, six, and seven players in each tier. It goes from C to B, from B to A, a small but distinct upgrade in ability. And he gets into that more if you read the intro from, from Monday of this week. He also says this is the part of the list where individual shot creation starts to take on greater importance, not just in volume, but in terms of efficiency. You may recall in the fourth tier, Russell's in a group of guys who have an overvalued skill set of being able to create their own shop, but not ultra efficiently to the point where they can truly carry a team. Russell was in that group, and it, and it makes sense. Towns is actually ranked in group 3A, so he's at the very top of this tier three. Um, and in terms of numbers, it reaches into the top 20 in the league, meaning there's less than 20 players still to be revealed after this tier. Um so they're the, including this tier, there's 37 players in the top three. Towns is in 3A. And after this list, there's 16 players across the top two tiers. That means that Towns in the group of eight, that means that Towns is considered in the top 24 players in the league by Seth Partnow at The Athletic. And he is very clear in saying that it is not strictly a player ranking and he's not assigning specific ranks, but it means he's a top 24 player. He's in that 3A tier. Let's talk first about the players that he beat out within this same tier, so within the other sub-tiers. So tier 3C, John Morant, Clay Thompson, Chris Apps Porzingis, Russell Westbrook, Trey Young, Zion Williamson, and Jalen Brown are all in 3C. Um, 3B, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Draymond Green, Kyrie Irving, Pascal Siakam. So some a lot of these make sense. These are guys some, sometimes who are maybe less efficient, like a Russell Westbrook or a Trey Young, uh, up and coming guys like John Morant. In 3B, some of those guys, I think, by casual NBA fans, 
are, and this is admittedly somewhat of a straw man approach to this, but I think a lot of times the likes of Beal, Booker, certainly Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, the casual fan would probably tell you those players are better than Carl Anthony Towns, at least in the case of Kyrie and Donovan Mitchell. But and now to be clear, they're in a sub tier. They're in three B Towns is slightly above them in three A. But uh, we'll get into a minute here what Partnow's reasoning for putting Towns in three A is. But I think it's notable that he beat those players out. Other players in 3A, the other seven players with Towns in the 3A tier are Bam Adebayo, Ben Simmons, Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday, Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, and Kyle Lowry. Interestingly, a handful of those guys are players that are often talked about as targets for the Timberwolves. Uh, Drew Holiday, a potential trade target that we've talked about on this show. Ben Simmons, same thing. Chris Middleton, less so, but a name that's been floated at times. And I mean, this group seems about right for players that should be seen on the same level as Carl Anthony Towns. Um, this is kind of that group of guys. Many of them have been all-stars once or twice, but uh, but haven't yet been to the level where they can be 1A on a, on a true playoff contender of a team. I mean, Ben Simmons, I maybe would have expected a little bit higher. This was maybe a little bit high for Jamal Murray for me, Kemba Walker as well. But it's hard to complain too much about where he's got He's got Towns ranked. Uh, what I want to do next is talk about what he says specifically about Carl Anthony Towns and the group that he puts him in. And then um, on we'll kind of wrap up this whole process on Friday's show by talking about tiers one and two and, and which players partner puts clearly ahead of Towns in that top 16 players in the league. So that's what we'll uh, that's what we'll do next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is new and improved. It was already the best tasting protein bar of all time. Tastes exactly like a candy bar, but it's better than ever. New packaging, new logo, and yes, even a new and improved taste. I don't know how they made it any better than it already was. There were 12 original flavors. There's now six new ones. Apple Almond Crisp, Carrot Cake, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cherry Barcia, Cookies and Cream, and Caramel Brownie. All of the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and perfect if you're health conscious, trying to lose weight, maybe maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high in fiber. Perfect if you're on a keto diet. Right now, for a limited time only, you can get a free cooler with your purchase. While supplies last, go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's 20% off your next order at builtbar.com by using promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, let's talk about what Partnow says on the athletics uh, tier ranking of Carl Anthony Towns, what he says about Towns specifically. So um, he's got in this 3A tier, which is players 17 through 24, he's got Bam Adebayo and Jamal Murray, li- Murray listed as two of the young breakout stars who uh, basically he admits they wouldn't be this high had they not played so well in the bubble restart. And I want to read exactly what he said about Towns and then react to it. So uh, I, here's what what Partnow says about Carl Anthony Towns. He says, the case for Towns is pretty straightforward. With the possible exception of Nikola Jokic, he's the best offensive center in the game. He can score efficiently from the post. He can space to the arc. He can put it on the floor. He even started to develop a pull-up three-pointer, 38% on 59 attempts last year, which isn't something that fives should be able to do. He's not just an accumulator on bad teams. And he lists a couple of advanced metrics um, that have him ranked eighth among qualified players. According to Cleaning the Glass, the Wolves' worst offensive mark with Towns on the floor was in his rookie season, and they still scored 108.1 points per 100 possessions, which is 71st percentile among league lineups. 
And then he talks about how bad his defense is. He puts him, uh, of the 35 bigs in the top 125 on this list, the average defensive metric uh, ranking, this is effectively a, a, a real plus minus, an adjusted real plus minus statistic that he's citing. Um, that's a, maybe a crude way to describe it. But um, he has towns at this metric is 32nd of 35 bigs, only slightly better, 0.2 better than Kevin Love, who is last of the 35 bigs. This represents the heart of Minnesota's team building conundrum, having filled the most important defensive position with a a poor defensive player. How does one go about assembling the kind of top 10 or better defense needed for championship equity? Towns will have to improve to merely be, quote, below average for position for that to be likely. Well, he seemingly has the physical tools. Does he have the feel and defensive vision to adapt to the role of defensive quarterback? All right, so... I wholeheartedly agree with this. Um, now, the, I guess the one thing I would push back a little on this particular uh, vision of his defense. I know that the metrics cited are attempting to isolate individual players, but it's really hard to do that with defensive metrics, and and everybody knows that. Some of the some of the admittedly also flawed metrics, because all metrics and and you know measures to evaluate players are when used alone by themselves. Uh, we've talked about this before on the show, but Towns' defensive field goal percentage, so when players were attempting shots with Towns uh, as the closest defender, was actually one of the better in the league last year um, in the paint and better than a lot of, you know, Brooke Lopez and, uh, or excuse me, Robin Lopez and um, you know, some of these other guys who are seen as good rim protectors and good defenders. Towns actually did a fairly good job contesting shots. Where he got lost was he was a miserable pick and roll defender. And um, in the previous I guess under the previous regime under Tom Thibodeau, the Timberwolves were icing most pick and rolls and Towns was okay, but never really completely bought in. Now he's being asked to drop um, and the Wolves play drop coverage on in the majority of pick and roll situations. And Towns didn't really find the proper rhythm last year. He would occasionally get caught sinking too far, trying not to get beat to the rim. Opposing guards would just shoot over him. We actually saw this when D'Angelo Russell dropped 40 plus for Golden State back in, I think, November, he torched the Wolves in the mid-range because Towns was simply dropping way too far. And yes, part of the reason you're playing drop coverage is to protect the paint and force the other team into mid-range shots, but you still have to play in a place where you can either contest a shot or the guard can get through the screen and contest a shot. And neither one of those things was happening last year. And, uh, and, and that was, in large part, Towns' fault. And he has to be the player calling the coverages. He has to be the player talking on defense. And too often with Towns, if things don't go his way, if he's not getting calls on either end of the floor, if he's getting ticky-tack foul calls, if the Timberwolves are trailing, whatever, there's been too many things that have affected Towns' ability to effectively defend. But his size and you know decent athleticism and his length, and he's a smart player, all those things suggest that he can figure it out defensively. If the Wolves can keep him from having those lapses, if the Wolves can surround him with guards who can fight through screens, which of course is not one of D'Angelo Russell's strengths, but you know, switchable switchable players, guys with length and athleticism like Josh Akogi and Jarrett Culver and and some of the many three and D type players in this year's draft. But I, I do think he can shore up his defensive metrics fairly quickly. His offensive upside is so high. And that is, I mean, it he was one of the four worst bigs on this entire list, and yet he still made it into the top 24 players in the league because his offense is so unbelievable. And before he got hurt last year, he was just just playing, you know, 
out of his mind, um, adding a pull-up three-pointer, shooting off of screens, even step-back three-pointers at times last year, and the ability to finish in the paint, um, to score in the post in, you know, in, in some situations and score in transition, all those things make him unstoppable offensively. And so this rank, to me, says a ton about how good he is offensively. Obviously, Jokic is going to be ranked higher. He's proven that he can impact winning more than Towns at this point in their respective careers. But because Towns' offensive upside is so much higher, and even, I would argue, his defensive upside, if some of these things click for Towns, I think he will be ranked above Jokic in the next year because I I do think that strides will be made with the way the Wolves are kind of remaking their roster around Towns and D'Angelo Russell. But I I agree with this ranking. I would generally put Towns, you know, in that 17. I mean, I guess based on where he's at, he's in the 17 to 24 range. I put him towards the front of this group of players. I think he's, at this point, um, a good enough all-around player to put him ahead of the likes of Kemba Walker, Middleton, Kyle Lowry, I probably put him somewhere in that 17 to 20 range of this grouping. And that seems about right. All right. Of course, that was part of the athletic series by Seth Partna and uh, part, or I should say tier two is being released today, Thursday, tier one on Friday. We'll recap them on, on Friday's show. But if you do have an athletic subscription, go check it out. Um, they're really fun. I've really enjoyed reading the pieces and Partna did a great job with them. Um, all right. That's all we have for you on today's show. On Friday, we will talk about number four on the big board. We will recap tiers one and two on the athletics tier ranking system and talk about any other Timberwolves news as we head into your weekend. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On T-Wolves. That's at Locked On T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. Also a reminder, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.